Oh, you know I had to do it for you. Welcome into the Fantasy Football Express. We're dropping a little bonus, bonus episode for you here today. Thank you, Drake, for the introduction. We appreciate it. Uh, you know, that's funny about that song there. Uh, if you look at that, it talks about Johnny Manziel. Five years later, how am I the man still? Kind of weird. Johnny Manziel. No longer the man. Arguable, if he ever actually was. Um, yeah. That other side, we stay winning. Can't say that either he or A. Wiggins stayed winning. Real weird. Thank you very much, though, Drake the Rapper, for that intro. Uh, yeah, so this is a little bit of a bonus episode for you all today. Um, I, usually we try to keep these under an hour for our weekly episodes that drop every single Tuesday. You can find us on Spotify is the best place to get us, or just follow us. That's the easiest way. Get on Twitter, at FFExpressPod, at FFExpressPod on Twitter. Just jump on there. We will tweet out the the links to every episode. You can also find them on OzarksFirst.com because, you know, I work for a television station by day. And then uh, this is kind of my, my side hustle here. Uh, but the station puts it on the website. So it's a good time doing a little fantasy football talk. Just wanted to jump on here and grace you with a little bit of uh, insight here. I just, just some things to think about. Something important to remember. Don't take anyone's word for gospel in fantasy football or in life, really. It's a good way to approach life. Just... Uh, you know, it's like we always say in journalism, you know, you want to verify everything or, uh, you know, make sure you can you can get it uh, confirmed. If your mama tells you she loves you, make sure you verify that claim. Uh, I don't know why I sidebarred into that. I just like that saying, but uh, it, don't take anyone's word for gospel. I, I'm here to just give you some things to think about a little bit of uh, something to chew on here. So I'm, I'm going to talk to you today about some players that you should be buying low and selling high. What I mean by that, if you're new to the fantasy world somewhat, you're buying low on someone. Somebody just had a bad week. Go underpay for them. Go pay less than you should for these guys. And then when I say sell high, take someone on your team that went off, that you never expected to go off like they did, cash in, sell them at their highest value. There are a lot of players, and I'm going to give you five sell-high candidates that probably outperformed where they were expected to, and then five candidates that you should buy low on. Go trade for these guys. So let's start with some, some buy low candidates here, okay? So the first candidate I have for you that you need, that you, you need to go look for uh, and try to pry away from whoever uh, has these dudes on their fantasy team. First is Ezekiel Elliott. All right, so full disclosure here, I have Zeke on a couple of different teams. I think 
Zeke did have a pretty bad performance. It was hard to watch. He had 11 carries for 33 yards against Tampa Bay last Thursday. I don't expect that type of volume to continue. They do like to mix in some Tony Pollard every now and then. But an important statistic to remember about Zeke here. Well, first of all, he didn't have uh, their Pro Bowl guard, Zach Martin. He didn't play. He'll be back this week. That has already been announced. An important stat from this week, though. No player, uh, no running back, rather, faced more eight-plus man boxes than Zeke Elliott. 54.5% of his carries were against an eight-man front or more. There are 11 men on a football field for each team. Eight or more of them were in the box when Zeke would get the carry over half the time. And it's a very good Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense that they faced. Probably the best front seven in the league, arguably, you could say. Zeke, go find a fantasy manager that panicked on Zeke and go try to trade for Zeke. I think that's a good call. Another running back that you should be buying low on, I believe, is Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Clyde Edwards Hilaire. 14 carries for 43 yards. He had three targets, caught all three of them for 29 yards. Had 8.7 points in the league that I am in, uh, the leagues that I am in by our scoring, half PPR. So if you drafted Clyde Edwards Hilaire, you got him in the second round. Maybe you got him early third. Maybe you're a psychopath and you drafted him late first. You didn't probably like what you saw. The usage, not terrible, although they did have to throw the ball a lot more than uh, most people maybe would have hoped if you're a Clyde Edwards-Hilaire owner. So find somebody that you know has Clyde Edwards-Hilaire who doesn't like the production. Maybe they were a little bit apprehensive when they drafted him. I think Clyde's going to be good going forward. He plays in the best offense in the league. The opportunities are going to be there. I don't see anyone on that team who is a viable goal line option outside of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I mean, and the only reason, I mean, I know Clyde was pretty poor at the goal line last year, but the offensive line is revamped. I think I'm not ready to give up on Clyde yet. You shouldn't be either. Uh, Go try to trade for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire if you can. Find a manager that is uh, disappointed and is willing to give up Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, maybe for somebody on your bench uh, who went off, or maybe one of your uh, lesser running backs, maybe your RB2, who did really well. Uh, another run- another person this uh, this week. Jeez, I just got out of a 30-minute newscast. You would think I'd be warmed up and ready to talk. Uh, a, a wide receiver I would target this week. My favorite of all of these buy-low candidates for the week, Cortland Sutton. Okay, so Cortland Sutton plays for the Denver Broncos. Had three targets this week, only caught one of them for 14 yards. Uh, when you look at that stat line, it's pretty poor. You don't like it. I had him on my bench this week in a league. Um, was hoping for more, especially now that Teddy Bridgewater's there. You know he likes to sling the ball to his wide receivers. But Jerry Judy is injured now, put on the IR, so he's going to be out quite a few weeks. I believe week eight? Um, I, I think the timeline was four to six weeks for the injury, but it's a high ankle sprain, and we've seen high ankle sprains linger for a long time. We saw it with Michael Thomas, and receivers really need to be able to cut really well out there on the field and put weight on that ankle and push off. So a high ankle sprain, not a great injury if you're a receiver or really any human being. 
that would be painful. But I'm saying Cortland Sutton, target this guy. He had more snaps than any pass catcher on the Denver Broncos. I would say go pick him up in waivers. He would have been a waiver target for me this week. But the thing is, he's probably rostered in most leagues. So a lot of people were all over, you know, the hype this week was for Tim Patrick or for K.J. Hamler. Of course, those guys are going to be free agents. But Cortland Sutton is a guy you would you could go get for peanuts here. I think Cortland Sutton is going to clean up uh, in the absence of Jerry Judy. Outsnapped everybody. Again, only had three targets. But Cortland Sutton, I think, will reward you if you can go get him for cheap this week in fantasy. A tight end target here for you on the buy low candidates. Now, I know it's going to be difficult to trade for a tight end because the position it's just so shallow. It's tough. If you have a tight end, you're probably not looking to give him up. But on the off chance that there's a fantasy manager out there who is just sick of this guy or just disgusted by what they saw on Monday night, Mark Andrews. Oh, I said Monday night. Do you think I was going to say Darren Waller? No. Mark Andrews. Guy had five targets, and he caught three of them for 20 yards. Okay, so... it. it Mark Andrews, I think the the case for Mark Andrews is historically over the past couple of years anyway, he has been the unquestioned go-to guy for Lamar Jackson in that Baltimore Ravens offense. Uh, he had quite a few targets last year. Um, of course, this line was not really what you wanted to see from him uh, in his first showing. Uh, he probably did not help you out at all this week in fantasy. In fact, I know he didn't because he only had 20 yards on three catches, but the case for Mark Andrews is they get the Chiefs this week. They are going to have to throw to keep up. I do not expect the Chiefs to fall behind like they did to Cleveland in week one. I say that now. I'm a Chiefs fan. What will probably happen is the Chiefs will go down 20 points, and then they'll come back in the fourth quarter and make it up. But Mark Andrews, you're going to find that he is the safety blanket for Lamar Jackson. Contrary to what you saw in week one, I think they were just trying to kind of move things around, get the wide receivers involved early. You saw Sammy Watkins was heavily targeted in that game. He had eight targets. You saw Hollywood Brown have a nice showing. I believe he had six catches for 69 yards, had a touchdown in that one. But Mark Andrews, I think, is still uh, going season long, he's going to be the safety blanket. So they get the Chiefs this week. They're going to have to throw to keep up. And also, a good thing about Mark Andrews, they're in a division where their offense is going to need to probably throw the ball to keep up with the other offenses in that division. And, of course, their running game, who knows who will be the next man down uh, as far as their running backs go. So uh, they are still going to run the ball, but I think we'll see plenty of Mark Andrews action we saw a nice showing from the Bengals, the Browns, and the Steelers offense ended up kind of coming along late in that game against the talented Buffalo Bills defense. So uh, there are a lot of offenses that it's kind of an arms race there in the AFC North. So the Ravens are going to have to throw to keep up, and I believe Mark Andrews will be a benefactor of that. My last buy low candidate for you right now is Aaron Rodgers. Okay? He played poorly. There is no way around it. He played terrible guys he's the reigning MVP he is Aaron Rodgers he has Devontae Adams out there he's got some receivers to, he's got Robert Tunyon who is a nice safety blanket that he loved to target in the red zone he's got a couple of nice running backs that he can get the ball to through the air he can do that to them 
but of course, he did play poorly. And my main case for Aaron Rodgers, guys, is it's Aaron Rodgers, okay? I, I think you could maybe talk somebody else into saying, hey, go stream a quarterback. Let me give you something for Aaron Rodgers. I'll take the Aaron Rodgers bullet this year. That's the way I would pitch it to somebody. Because honestly, guys, I've seen no evidence that any team in the NFC North is going to be able to stop anyone's passing attack. Uh, Rodgers, it's far from over. And he did face a sneaky good Saints defense. That Saints defense has been great for a few years now. Marshawn Lattimore shut stuff down. Malcolm Jenkins is, you know, I mean, he's top of the line safety. He's, he's great. So I would target Aaron Rodgers if you're in need of a QB. Go cash in some of your bench assets and maybe your quarterback too if you were streaming one and try to go get Aaron Rodgers. All right, let's talk about some sell-high candidates. For me, uh, my first two, well, let me just start with this guy. Okay, my first sell-high candidate. If I have Chris Godwin, I'm shopping this guy. Coming into the year, I had Chris Godwin as the pretty clear number three for me personally behind Evans and Brown now okay I did have Godwin ranked higher than Antonio Brown but I loved Antonio Brown's value a lot more than I liked Chris Godwin's value where you were going to get him in the fourth fifth maybe sixth round he had 14 targets this week did Chris Godwin that number is promising he caught nine passes for 114 and a touchdown he did have a fumble I'm not really that's not even the reason I have him on my sell high list but I can tell you this, this is one of the few games on the Buccaneers' schedule where they are going to have to throw like to keep up. Brady threw 50 times. The 42 or 43-year-old, however old he is, threw 50 times in this game. So I think there's a case to be made that at least one of those receivers, and I'll say four, because you have Evans, Brown, Godwin, and Rob Gronkowski. Take those four every week going forward. At least one of them will be left completely out in the cold with one, maybe two catches. This week, that was Mike Evans. Mike Evans was not really involved at all. He got maybe three or four targets, only caught a couple of them. Godwin eventually will crash back down to earth. And I think right now is the perfect time to sell Chris Godwin for maybe a running back, maybe a nice QB, uh, if you've got wide receiver depth, that is. Uh, or, you know, just package Godwin and one other player for a nice wide receiver that you like in a season-long, you know, basis a little bit more. I would be selling Chris Godwin. My next guy here, I was hesitant to get to him uh, first, but it's Rob Gronkowski. I'm selling high on Rob Gronkowski. Now, this comes with a disclaimer. And let me explain what that disclaimer is. I am only selling high on Rob Gronkowski if he is your tight end too. In a lot of drafts this year, Rob Gronkowski was either not drafted or he was a late round pick as somebody's tight end too. Of course, there are a few leagues out there where Gronk maybe was, uh, you know, somebody threw a dart and said, hey, I need a tight end here at the end of the draft. I have nobody. I've missed out on all the good tight ends. Maybe I'll give Gronk a shot and see what happens. Well, if you did that, you were rewarded with a big game from Gronkowski. 
I would be looking to flip him, though. I'd be looking to sell Gronkowski for as much as I could get for him. Tight ends are more valuable this year than in any year I can ever remember. This is a there. There is no tight end that emerged this week at all from the waiver pool. There's just nobody. I mean, what Jared Cook? I mean, yeah, he had eight targets, five catches for 56 yards, but not sure I can rely on that going forward. You can definitely shine Gronk up and give him to somebody who is in desperate need of a tight end. You could probably get yourself uh, a, a decent return if you package Gronk with something else. My third sell high candidate of the week is Melvin Gordon the third, or is he the second? I think he's the third. MG three, yeah. Okay, so Melvin Gordon. It, it's we we knew coming into the year it was going to be between Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. Well, week one, Melvin Gordon on the stat sheet was the guy you wanted. Okay, he had eleven carries for a hundred one yards and a touchdown, three catches for seventeen yards to boot. His counterpart, Javante Williams, had three more carries, had 14 carries for 45 yards this week. So uh, he was certainly outgained by Melvin Gordon. But the catch here is that Melvin Gordon, most of his production came on one play, a 70-yard touchdown late in the game against the Giants. My case against Melvin Gordon here, or my case for him, rather, as a sell-high candidate, this is a guy who you're going to want to get rid of because, uh, sorry, I'm stumbling here. I lost my place. Okay, the reason you want to probably get rid of Melvin Gordon is because most of his production was on one play, and he got outtouched by a rookie in this game. And the Broncos were, they had their hands full with a pretty poorly execution uh, based, uh, the Giants. Okay, the Giants suck. Let me just say it. The Giants are terrible. They're not good. They're going to finish last in the division. They're going to have a top three to five pick this year. The Giants are bad, and the Broncos barely beat them. Okay, I don't anticipate the Broncos uh, being in a position like they were this week very often, to where they can grind out the clock, run the ball, um, you know, hand the ball off to running backs a, a combined twenty-five times. Get Melvin Gordon off your team if you have him. Try to trade him for something worthwhile. Uh, right now, I mean, there are going to be teams out there who are desperately searching for a running back. You can make the pitch to them that Melvin Gordon could be their guy. Maybe their RB2, maybe a flex consideration for them. All I'm saying is it looks like this is going to be Javante Williams' backfield because if you take that one carry away from Melvin Gordon, he finishes uh, with 10 carries for 31 yards. 10 carries, 31 yards, if you take away that 70-yard touchdown. So, Melvin Gordon, a prime sell-high candidate. Another running back I'm selling high on, Tyson Williams. Tyson Williams, he had nine carries for 65 yards, looked real nice on his 35-yard touchdown. He had three catches as well for 29 yards. My problem with Tyson Williams is this. Maybe he's fine for one more week. Okay. Um... He was actually, he did not lead the team in carries. It was not Lamar Jackson either. The team leader in carries was a guy who had just stepped off the bus two days, three days, four days before this, went into the locker room, put on his gear, and walked out onto the field and got 10 carries for 28 yards and a touchdown. That is Latavius Murray. Also, we saw Trenton Cannon get a few carries in this game too. 
But, I mean, Tyson Williams looked nice in prime time when he was getting the ball. My fear is that this is going to become a muddled, clustered mess in the Baltimore Ravens' backfield. If we saw a guy who just stepped off the bus come in and get 10 carries right from the jump, imagine what happens when Le'Veon Bell is ready, when Devontae Freeman is ready, Trenton Cannon's still here in the mix. I just think, and and of course Lamar is going to take a a good chunk of rushing attempts himself. Uh, The goal line work, I would be afraid that Lamar could steal a lot of that, and Latavius could as well. Right now, I'm looking to get rid of Tyson Williams, a guy that you probably picked up uh, off of waivers last week. Try to flip him for some assets here. And my last sell-high candidate is a running back. Seems kind of weird that in a world where running backs are hard to come by, I'm telling you to sell high on three of them. But I am. Josh Jacobs for the Oak. Oh, sorry about that. The Las Vegas Raiders. 10 carries, 34 yards, two touchdowns, had one reception for six yards. Those two touchdowns salvaged what would have otherwise been a horrible day for Josh Jacobs. Not to mention, Kenyon Drake came in and had way more yards than did. Uh, Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs finished with 40 total all-purpose yards. Drake finished with 60 on, well, I say way more. He, they had the same amount of touches, but that's the problem for Josh Jacobs. They had the same amount of touches, him and Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake had six carries for 11 yards, but he had five catches for 59 yards, and I believe there may have been a target or two that he didn't catch. So Kenyon Drake, the clear guy in the passing game. Josh Jacobs, I mean, I, I'm not feeling great about Josh Jacobs as my RB2. I'm, I mean, my flex, I don't feel great about it. I am shocked that the Raiders even won that game. Uh, I don't see the Raiders being in a position this year to where they need to run the ball a whole heck of a lot. So I'm going to shine up Josh Jacobs, and I'm going to try to sell him, if I can, for something else. That's going to do it here, guys. I do have one more person I... I, I'll throw him on here. Maybe a, a bonus sell-high candidate, Jamal Williams. I could, I'm te- definitely, if you keep Jamal Williams, I won't hate you for it. I won't hate you for anything you do because we appreciate your uh, viewership or listenership rather here on the Fantasy Football Express. But the case for Jamal Williams as a sell-high candidate, I mean, look, both running backs in Detroit looked good this week. DeAndre Swift looked fantastic, looks like a bona fide RB1. If you drafted him in the second, third round, you're feeling fantastic about it. Both of those running backs had eight catches. I just I just don't like having a running back that's in a timeshare, much less a running back on the lower end of a timeshare. So, I mean, again, if you keep Jamal Williams, you're just hoping that they're down every single week. Maybe you're hoping for DeAndre Swift. You're a jerk if you're hoping for an injury. But, hey, that's the truth of the game we play. Uh, You're just hoping that Jamal can repeat this production. And for me, I I don't see him doing this consistently. But with Dan Campbell, I mean, I guess you never know. Guys, that's going to do it. This has been some buy low, some sell high. Buy low on Zeke, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Cortland Sutton, Mark Andrews, and Aaron Rodgers sell high 
on Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski, Melvin Gordon III, Tyson Williams, and Josh Jacobs. Maybe take a look at Jamal Williams if you can get some good offers for him. So that's it. This uh, Just had to jump on here, drop a little bit of knowledge on you guys. Again, don't take anybody's word for gospel. I just thought that this would be some things uh, for you to think about as we head into week two. We're going to get you, uh, we, we already got you ready for week two out here. We've got uh, episode an episode dropped yesterday. Every Tuesday here on the Fantasy Football Express, we have an episode to drop. But I just wanted to jump on here real quick, drop a little bit of that uh, buy low, sell high stuff on you. And uh, good luck out there. Go work the trade market. It's never too early to do that. And good luck to you in week two. I'm Jesse Inman. This is the Fantasy Football Express. Follow us at FFExpressPod on Twitter. FFExpressPod. Give us a follow. I'll be tweeting all kinds of advice out there, stats that you can take into consideration, and we will see you in the championship.